You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. It's more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, right, welcome in. It is the Friday edition, and we got Tony Curry going to be joining us on a fun Friday. We've got about 1 o'clock today, so look forward to that from Tony Curry Radio Network. Also, coming up at uh, 1230, uh, we've got Aaron Suttles. We'll be talking about his article in The Athletic on David Palmer and uh, everything that he meant for the Crimson Tide and uh, what he had to say about that. A really great article about David and his time there th- celebrating 30 years of the national championship in 92 coming up this season. Uh, also, getting into uh, just some more college football and uh, more news and notes from Coach Saban and others when it comes to Alabama getting ready for their first uh, matchup and getting through training camp and uh, school is underway. So things that as far as the schedule changes a little bit, I think players, we used to always say, thank God school starting and school didn't start till another probably week or two uh, back in the day. I mean, we didn't start to at what after Labor Day sometimes, or I guess before, right before the week before Labor Day, Lars, when we were going through school at that time, even in college, you pretty much had all of August still off and, um, I know sometimes some of the different uh, teams that went quarter systems, they didn't start to like the first or second week of September. I remember Auburn always had like an extra one or two weeks of uh, training camp back in, back in the day. But uh, school's underway, new schedule, players excited because, well, they don't really have two-a-days anymore. We had three-a-days. 
So now they're back back into a normal kind of routine. You had three a days. Oh yeah. So when what was well, the, the schedule like the, then? The three a days were it wasn't so much that we practice um, like full pads or anything, but we were full pads pretty much from day two on. I mean, we, unless Coach Stones, you know, felt like hey, we need to have a night uh, practice, so we'll have a break. We'll go shorts and helmets or. Normally, we're always short, shoulder pads and helmets. You always felt like you need to have both of those on. You might take off the pads and the, on the pants. Um, but um, so we would go in the morning at around seven. Uh, we'd get done around nine nine thirty. We'd have about a two and a half three hour break. We go back out after lunch around one o'clock. We go one to three. We do walkthroughs. We do all types of like drills that type of stuff. And then we'd go back in and uh, we'd, we'd rest for another about two hours. Do meetings and stuff, and then get back on the field. Around uh, probably around four thirty or five, somewhere in there. Finish up around seven. Go to dinner. Get in bed. Get up. Do the same thing all over again. The next day. it was like Groundhog's Day every day. Hey, we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Got the Top Golf today. It's one of our great sponsors, and uh, you'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation, right there at Top Golf of Birmingham, downtown Birmingham. Whether it's with coworkers, family, or friends, you'll love it. Top Golf of Birmingham. Again, we're also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sunny King Ford. All right, great story we want to kind of dive into, right? Yes. Uh, I have not seen the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix yet, but it absolutely is uh, the talk of social media. And, uh, and and now Manti is coming out and, and doing some, some interviews and how uh, this uh, uh, documentary is sort of uh, a, a decade later uh, has helped him sort of heal and uh, in, in several different uh, interactions with reporters, you know, he uh, he has said that, um, you know, right when it came out that uh, the, the, it was the Deadspin article mm-hmm. that, that came out. Uh, and it was also Sports Illustrated was involved in it uh, because uh, I was at SI at the time and and we perpetuated the, the sort of myth of uh, Manti. Uh, by not uh, questioning the credentials of his, you know, so-called girlfriend at the time, and one call to the registrar's office, I believe at Stanford, mm-hmm. uh, the fact checker should have done that, uh, would have uh, broken the whole thing wide open. Instead, SI got caught up in this. But um, you know, he was uh, after it came out, he was mocked on Saturday Night Live. Um, he was Katie Couric asked if he was gay. Yeah. On yeah. national TV on the morning show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yes. And, um, you know, he said there were so many times that he felt like he was just going to break. And he said uh, one of the darkest moments was just a week after the article came out and he was in his uh, apartment in Florida and he was having just a heated sort of one-on-one discussion with God. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said, you know, I was yelling, how can you let this happen to me? And then he remembers that he, he thought of uh, the uh, the poem, Footprints in the Sand, and that came to his head. And he said that, I'm in tears, I'm angry, I'm in this dark place. And then um, he typed in, he Googled Footprints in the Sand, uh, and then he, he read the poem. And in that poem, God is, is questioned by someone who's confused why, during a difficult time, they saw only one set of footprints. And God explained that there are times that he, meaning God, uh, carries his follower. And then the Manti came back and said, right then I knew uh, when I looked back into my life and I saw those one set of footprints that I knew it was him, God, carrying me and that he would always be carrying me. And that at that moment, he just closed his eyes and knew that he could endure it and just be resilient 
and that he was going to let God handle the rest. And it was a real uh, sort of awakening moment for him. Okay, so I and I say all this as a preface because I've only read his reaction to the documentary. So, Jay, just uh, what what is your reaction to what 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 you saw? And, and again, it absolutely has been the the buzz of all of social media for the last two days. Yeah, really sad uh, to watch it um, and then see how he was treated. Number one, and and to see how he was so deceived. Uh, the, you know, look at that time, nobody knew about catfishing. That's when it really hit the the the, uh, the mainstream, right? I mean, and he talks about that, and his parents talk about that in, in the video uh, or in the in the uh, docu series called Untold, and which is actually really good. They've got a number of different ones. I watched Malice in the Palace. Last night, uh, there's other ones on, uh, what was the boxer, uh, Martin, um, remember the, the woman boxer, Christy Martin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that boxed, and uh, Don King took her on and stuff. So, oh, been she was a bad, bad She woman, was. Man. We've been, I've been watching a lot of those uh, untold documentaries. But going back to Mantateo, so from the beginning, um, I think it's Renaya was the name of the, of the guy, or and, and, and Renaya uh, pretended to be uh, Lena, uh and Lena was the girlfriend. So he went to Facebook, found kind of the page, and found a girl that was kind of the descent of them in, in, in Hawaii and decided, okay, this is the girl that looks the part. Uh, beautiful girl. The girl actually was a real person, but took that photo, then began to build out an entire Facebook page of relatives, cousins, uh, and you know had a young uh, niece that uh, he had convinced to kind of play along, uh, or at least how young she was. She didn't realize that he was, you know, doing this, uh, that it was more that uh, she was involved with just going to see uh, Manti at a particular game with Renaya, who was actually the one doing it. They went and saw him at a game. Uh, they come up. They're like, hey, we're sorry. She couldn't make it. She had this, this, or whatever else. Then the, uh, Renaya pretends to uh, have uh, had a car accident. Uh, then after the car accident, has uh, leukemia. Uh, so he's going through all the – or he's creating all these uh, storylines as to why – uh, they cannot meet at Wimanti and, and how they will never have a chance. You know, So there's, there's this constant kind of push-pull that's happening between them on, online, and you know she disappears a little bit and comes back. And, then and so they, Renaya is assigned male at birth, right? But Renaya yeah. has struggled with her gender, and I believe Renaya is now a woman, correct? Uh, uh, I mean, okay, I'm not sure. Maybe about identifying that. as one. Ma- but identifying not one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Maybe identifying. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. So, yeah, so Renaya um, is now, um, again, uh, Lene, and L E N N A Y. I think that's how they spelled it. So, goes through all this. So, begins to really pull on Manti's emotions of. And, and they'd had great conversations, the conversations they'd had. But they, what I liked about Manti is that he was very strong in his beliefs and, and seemed like a really great guy. And he was really, in a sense, kind of saving himself for her. Mm-hmm. And he was had this, what, year-and-a-half, two-year relationship with her and felt like that at some point in time they would meet and that it was just a long-distance relationship. His dad had some issues with it, kind of questioned it at times, but then thought, you know what, Manti's always made great decisions. He's been a great kid. You know, maybe he knows what he's doing. I don't understand the technology side of Facebook and how you can connect like this with somebody and have a long distance relationship. But they did, and and they both, based on a um, you know a trick, a, a hoax, uh, Manti, you, you can tell, became fell in love uh, with this person, thinking it's a woman, thinking that it's uh, the actual uh, Renee, or and actually I forget what her real name is, but it went into her even her real name, but her picture and 
the conversation they had. Then they had phone calls. So then he goes on Dr. Phil, Renaya does, and, and Dr. Phil's after they came out and everything was done and stuff, and he says, there's no way. We have experts that say that there's no way that this could be you based on how you talk. So they put Renaya behind a screen and put him like he goes, i got to be in an isolated space. Normally I'm in a dark room on my bed, and I go into this place. So it was a character act in a sense, and he would become a character of this of Lene. And they put him behind a screen. They filmed him, but they, they took the camera back and then let him have and then let him do it. And they were just, I mean, Dr. You see Dr. Phil's face is like, holy cow, this is it. That's, that's the voice. That's the voice that Mantateo gave us, the voicemails. He sounds just like that. And every expert said, yep, that's right. Th- this is the person. So he was duped into that at that particular time. The problem is that people began to say, did he, you know, was he involved in it? Was it to get recognition? Was he trying to uh, win a Heisman Trophy over it? You know, he got all these great storylines. Well, yeah. then... What happened is toward the end of the year, uh, right before the Heisman Trophy presentation, he gets the call, and uh, Renaya says, I'm, I'm the person. He's like, wait, I don't know, because he'd, he'd gone through the death of his grandmother, gone through the death of his girlfriend, and found that out through Renaya, who pretended to be her brother. <laughs> so, I mean, it's crazy. So, on the same day, lose it. So, for some reason, Renaya decided he was you know playing the girl, that the best thing for me to do is to go ahead and me pass away too on the same day his grandmother did, which was so, so bad. Yeah, I mean that's evil. And so now he's dealing with both of those things. Goes out has probably one of the best games of his life though. She says, "I think I helped him. I think I prepared him for that game. I think I gave him the mental fortitude to be the type of player that he became." And so that's where Mantateo's mind was: was that I just lost my grandmother. I just lost the girl that I loved. So then that story came out after that game, after you had that great game, and they even talked about it pregame a little bit because they got word of it. And then it hit this national story. Then he became this huge story all over the country. We remember that back in 2012. Yeah. And they go to the Heisman Trophy. Right before that, Renaya Call says, I'm the voice. I'm really a man. And um, Mantate was like, no, no, what? what, what? There's no way. And so he, he's kind of dealing with the, the shock of that. So then after that, goes to Heisman, they're on stage, and they ask him about that situation. And he has a dilemma. Do I share with people on national TV what I know? And, 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 or do I need to figure this out because I'm still lost? I don't know if I should go ahead and just say it at this point in time. So that, that was kind of the issue for a lot of the journalists. A lot of people saying, late, you knew about it. The school knew about it. Nobody made an announcement. You went and talked to your president. You went and talked to your athletic director, Swarbrick, at that time. And, and you, they knew exactly kind of where all this stuff was. So that's where all the confusion got, got, uh, got going at that particular time. And once it came out that he admitted that he knew about it before that, that's when everybody starts saying, okay, wait a minute. Did he perpetrate this? Did he use this to get the Heisman, to get the attention, uh, to get uh, all this? But if you watch him and he, when he's playing the games, and I'm telling you, I, I hate to say this, but the national championship game, the game he had, was horrible. And you can tell, you can look in his eye, and his dad even said, he said, I, the, the, the kid I saw on the field was not the same kid, Mentateo, that we'd seen the entire year, as I'd seen my entire life. You could look in his eyes and tell that he was not there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and look, you know, everybody started making fun that he was, you know, seeing ghosts. And you remember that, that, that the comments about missing tackles that he actually thought yeah. he saw another player because, you know, maybe it was his, his girlfriend. And they started to tease him about it. Um, Katie Couric asked if he's gay. Went through all that stuff. The press just it's absolutely horrible. destroyed and, and, and him. Yeah. Katie Couric, that is just uh, well, they killed they killed him. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he would have been a sitting, mid first yeah. round draft pick. He was sitting on the couch, like you said, across yeah. from Katie Couric with his parents, and uh, and she tried to corner him. She mm-hmm. said, "Are you gay?" And he said, "Far from it." 
and just uh, you know, I, I, I've read so much that, he, and I actually remember this. He he looked uh, humiliated just yep. uttering those words because one, who wouldn't be when they're asked about their sexual orientation on on national television, and two, he was raised in a conservative Mormon family, and his parents, like you said, were mm-hmm. there for the interview, and no. He's not gay. Uh, he's 31 now, married with a child, and and uh, you know he's a couple years removed from uh, his last snaps in the NFL. He got duped. He got ta- taken. He got hoaxed. Yeah, and he was the victim. Thing is, it could happen. I mean, especially then. I mean, that was especially. I mean, yeah, now it's different. Everybody's kind of very careful because there's been shows about this. MTV yeah. did catfish or whatever catfishing. So, yeah, at that time, at that time, there was nothing really known about it, and and I, and I. I think, and, and I don't know if it's probably past the whatever, but he should have gone after them defamation. Absolutely. Because they took away millions of dollars from him when it comes to not just the NFL. The guy was going to make amazing amount of endorsements at that particular time. And instead of just saying, hey, here's the story. He got hoaxed. He's the victim. He may have still lost some from that because people might would have been like, why are you that dumb for that to happen? But that had been better than all the other stuff that happened afterwards that the names that he was called the things that were said to him i mean national media talking about his sexuality at national media talking about um you know was he a part of this did he hoax this or put this whole hoax together in order to gain the fame and the attention and, and to be a defensive player sitting at the heisman trophy Do you, i know he lost interest at, at that point in, in meeting and talking with people in public you think he lost? He went his, anxiety. You think he lost his confidence and his sort he, of swagger? He went he through horrible, horrible anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had it, you know exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. He talked about the numbness. I mean, uh, the the tingling that would go through his body, um, and talk about all the things. Uh, I was watching Marty Fish last night. They were a great tennis player that made that great comeback. Mm-hmm. He dealt with mental health and stuff issues. And when you go through something that's traumatic like that. Uh, whether it's the death of a father, whether it's, the, whether it's something like that where you, all of a sudden you just begin to question all types of things in life, you can have those moments. And um, I'm telling you, it's the scariest thing you ever go through in your life and when you when you go through a, a moment like that. It, you feel it, like you're dying. And it seems to me that the only victim, the, the, the victim in this entire saga was Manti, yeah. right? But America didn't see him as a victim. And, they paint him as as the perpetrator, and that's the problem because yeah, yeah. that was the most damaging part of the Deadspin story. Is that it implied that Manti was a participant in the scam, mm-hmm. not the target of the scam, and that his motivation, according to Deadspin, was self promotion. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't sue Deadspin. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, he's living his life good now. What just finished up with the Saints? I think last year, year before. And um, now married and seems to be at a lot better place. He said this kind of helped him move through by doing this documentary, talking through it and letting the world see the truth. And um, and even Renaya has, you know, she's on there the entire time now is, you know, uh, identifying as a man going through that whole process, grew up in the church, all the stuff, you know, that she went through and uh, he went through at that time and now identifying as a woman. And um case, it really was crazy. I guess and, identifying as transgender. Trans, yeah. yeah. So th- here's the thing, though, is that. Renaya really felt like that that the motivation and the reason he was becoming a great player was because of the encouragement she was giving to him on these on these texts and on these Facebook posts, and that she was the one as to why even through the trauma of her of losing her, she still propelled him to have one of the greatest games of his life. I mean, it's sick, and uh, but it's it's a great. I mean, if you haven't seen Untold, and you, you'll love it. It's it's a great. It's a two part series on Manti Teo. 
like I said, the uh, Malice in the Palace. Uh, they got the one on um, the one I just mentioned, the tennis player with uh, Marty Fish and, and others. The boxer, uh, Mark, well, uh, I said uh, Christy Martin. Christy Martin. Martin, they're great boxers and stuff. So some really great behind the scenes, maybe things you've never seen before. All right, uh, we got to get the break. We took a long, long uh, segment there, but Miz, it was uh, worth it. One of the top stories right now going around all over the U.S. and uh, all over the world. All right, we'll continue live from AVX at 1230. We got uh, Aaron Suttles will be on, and we'll talk about David Palmer. Great article about him celebrating the 30-year anniversary of the 1992 National Championship. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow and Sunday, mostly cloudy. A few showers and thunderstorms are likely both days. Highs between 83 and 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. talked about NIL being the answer for the uh, different conferences and uh, for the NCAA as far as where players would not get a piece of that. C.J. Stroud came out yesterday and says, Big Ten's massive TV, get, uh, TV deal should be shared with the players. Uh, he said, I definitely think it should be shared, Stroud said via USA Today. But if not, at the end of the day, we have the NIL space. We, do it, it, we can do it that way. The new college world is turning around, and I'm here for it. So, um They've already started some dialogue with student-athletes that they've started. uh, This is the Big Ten Commissioner, Kevin Warren, said, I want to be a great listener to figure out what is important to them. It is easy to talk about money and share money, but what does that really mean? I want to make sure that I listen and learn and be able to have big ears, small mouth to truly understand what's important to them. So, again, I told you, name, image, and likeness was the bone they threw to the players. They look, you've got this, and they're going to get these huge TV deals, and then the players are going to start saying, we need representation. We need to get a piece of this. Absolutely. You know what NIL ultimately is? It's it's the big shiny object that attracts all the attention. But really the, the uh, big piece of the pie is the TV deals because the NIL – is nothing compared to the money that no. is going to these uh, teams. Uh, $7 billion, $7 billion over seven years. Yeah. They're talking at 70 to $100 million per team in the Big Ten per year. Yeah. You know, that I mean, it, could, it could reach that number. Um, and, and, again, you know, if you're making above now because the TV contracts will – the TV contracts are being done, yes, because of why the, the brands, the play, but the players, and the coaches, and you know what? So all all the uh, all tides rise, right? I mean, when the tide rises, all you know everything's going to move and, and, and elevate itself. The ceiling's going to get higher. 
Um, the coach, I think it was uh, who was it? Um, Ryan Day said, "What was it? Thirteen million? He estimated. Yeah, yeah, thirteen million. I don't think it's going to be. I think this. I don't think you got to have that per year. I think it's probably closer to five to six million somewhere in that round there. Maybe maybe ten at the most. And so why not take ten million out of, out, of, out of your TV deals? Get rid of all this other outside stuff, and you know keep it a little bit cleaner. Just and, pay and the players. Pay the players, and just be be, be able to do that now. And you know, every every player on scholarship gets uh, the same. They're amount. they're doing it now. They're going to do it now with collectives. Collectives yeah. are going to give. Three to two, two to three, five thousand dollars a month to each student athlete, uh, and most of it's going to be football and basketball, men's football, men's basketball. And so there needs to be also, you know, you look at that and say, okay, from the conference wise, yes, these are the generators of money, but there are other, other sports. And I'm not saying you give it equally across the board to all sports, but at least they could benefit from it somehow, you know, with some kind of money. All right, we had to get to break. We'll talk more about this with uh, Tony Curry coming up at one o'clock as well. Aaron Suttles. Up next from The Athletic, great article about David Palmer, who will join us. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to SiebelsCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at SiebelsCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Hi, honey. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? What's your name? Billy. Wee. I like that name. Have you been a good little boy? Yes. I'm not sure what we're playing here, but uh, yes. welcome in Aaron Suttles from the uh, Athletic. Uh, Aaron, how are you doing, my man? And uh, we're talking about your article, David Palmer, in the Athletic. But I uh, hope you're doing well, man. Have a great week. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, so I guess, first of all, the idea of doing the article, is it based on celebrating the 30 years coming up for the national championship? Is it just going back, looking at great high school players? Just kind of tell us how the idea came about to write an article about David Palmer and uh, and, and really yeah. discussing his his greatness, not only in high school, uh, in youth league, all the way through, all the way through his college and pro days. Yeah, I, I've probably had this idea for about ten years now. Um, you know, I remember being at the Alabama Sports Writers um, Association convention one year and sitting around with some of the the great sports writers of the past and just you know talking about the great high school players they've seen and the great moments they've seen across the state and one thing that's kept coming up was just how good David Palmer was. And listen, if you know anything about Alabama, Alabama football, you, you knew how good David was. And as, as we got further removed from David's playing days and, and sort of, you know, Nick Saban and the barrage of all American talent he brings in year in, year out, I just feel like there's been a little bit of perspective lost on how good David was, was um, for an offense that was pretty, as you know, Jay, you guys, were, um, I'm not say one-dimensional, but it was certainly a pro-style offense. It's not as offensive. The rules of college football have certainly changed. And, and But what David did sort of holds its own, even against that, and what he could have done potentially um, in, in this new age of college football. And so I wanted to shine just a, a spotlight on, hey, you know, Alabama played a lot of good football, had a lot of great players before Nick Saban, not taking anything away from this era of Nick Saban and Alabama football, but to shine a light on, on some of the greatness, and David is certainly that. 
Aaron, uh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, love your work at The Athletic. And uh, this is just a, another uh, wonderful story you've written. Um, I, I, I'm really interested in why David chose to stay in Alabama. Granted, I know he's a, he's an Alabama kid, but, but Bobby Bowden in Florida State really wanted him. And they obviously at the time, were a more wide-open sort of passing attack where Palmer could have put up bigger numbers. Absolutely. You know, David said his, his heart was probably leaning toward going to, to, to Tallahassee and playing for Bobby Bowden, the guy from Birmingham like David. But uh, David was pretty open with me. David had three kids in high school. And so, he didn't one, he didn't want to be that far away from his family. And he was looking at it also from a perspective of, if I have the, an opportunity to go play professionally – you know, Coach Bowden came to his school at Jackson Owen and said, we're going to redshirt you, which wasn't uncommon back then. Um, but uh, at Alabama, he could play right away. So in his head, he's thinking, well, it's probably a quicker avenue to the professional, to the NFL, if I go to Alabama. So I think both of those things contributed to, to why he was at Alabama. Because as you mentioned, um, you know, David came in as a freshman, three-punt returns for touchdowns his, his freshman year in 91. They obviously won the national championship in 92. He was a big part of that. And then in 93, he, he really had a special season as well. But, you know, Florida State won the national championship their first in 1993, the year after Alabama did. So the parallels there with Bobby being from, from Birmingham and, and David wrestling with that decision, I think he would have put up bigger numbers, obviously, at Florida State um, and probably would have been a bigger name than he is at Alabama. But with the three children that he had in high school and the fact that he could play sooner at Alabama is why he ended up in Tuscaloosa. Visiting with Aaron Settles and a great article in The Athletic uh, about David Palmer, his career in, in high school. He was. We used to rush back uh, after meetings to watch sidelines, which Rick Carley did for years. And the only reason we did was to watch David Palmer and what he was doing at Jackson Olin. Uh, the highlights at Legion Field and going, okay, this guy's got to get to Alabama. we got to find a way to land this guy. And I had the actual uh, – you know, we became really good friends uh, from early on. Uh, his freshman year, I drove him back and forth between Birmingham. So I would, on my way to Trustville, drop him off at his house, pick him back up on a, on a, on a Sunday or Monday morning and head back to Tuscaloosa during the off-seasons uh, in order for him to get back home to be with his family and stuff. But he came from a very tough background and grew up very, very quickly. Uh, I remember after games, people thought a lot of times, Aaron, that David was uh, – not not saying standoffish, but he just he wanted to go spend time with his kids, spend time with his family. He was also an introvert. Uh, he was the one that didn't really want to talk to a lot of people. He wanted to kind of go do his own thing. Um, and he was an outstanding baseball player. Probably could have been a, a major league baseball yep. player as well. He played baseball every summer up till the very end. So we'd all be there working out June, July. David would show up right before we did our running for the conditioning drills. And he would barely make it every single year. But he was the hardest worker. I've told, Eric, uh, I've, I've told all the guys, and Antonio said, too, hardest worker on the field I've ever been around and the least hardest worker I've ever been around in the weight room. Him and Antonio would walk through the weight room and then go back out <laughs> as active if they uh, had worked out. So um, I'm so glad you've done the story because I do think, in my mind, I played with him. I watched him in high school. Uh, I watched him, uh, saw Little League videos of him that they'd show in highlights and stuff. And saw what he did at pros. I mean, he, you know, his stature was you know a little bit small, but he was thick lower body. Had this unbelievable stop and start ability to make people miss. Uh, was electric when they punted the ball. The, the air went out of the stadium. Everybody just got quiet. Everybody was yelling deuce, and then boom, he got quiet. He had, had this unbelievable return. 
I, I don't think he gets the recognition that he should get as, in my mind, the greatest I've ever played with and the greatest athlete I've ever been around or seen. Yeah, it's incredible. Everybody I talked to, Jay, um, was excited that I was doing this story. And, and that's because um, David was really well-liked. You mentioned he was very shy. And it took some convincing from his friend Sam Shade, your former teammate, to get him to, to agree to do the story, to at least talk to me, because he just mm-hmm. he doesn't like – he's not a big self-promoter. He, he actually doesn't think what he did is that big a deal. He, it's sort of like he grew up with that talent. He doesn't really understand why people think it's a big deal. As you mentioned, while everyone was rushing home to see the sideline show, which also everyone mentions that I talked to in the story, so that was part of the era back then. <laughs> it's what he did after a game. David, I asked David about that. He goes, no, I had three kids. I didn't have time to, to go home and watch, <laughs> to watch that. So, you know, there's a we found, you know, part of the story was also – He's in that area you guys are where there's not a lot of video from the high school, um, from the playing days, unless you go, you know, either have the, the archives from the high school or and we tracked some stuff down from, from Fox 6 that they were kind enough to share with us. Um, but there was no huddle. There was no YouTube. There was no Twitter or TikTok for you to put your highlights on. So we, we found one play that everyone said you have to see the play. And we found it was against his senior year in 1990 against Bibb County, and we've linked it in the story my, my retelling it will not do it justice um it's johnny manzel before johnny manzel um just what he does on that one play the, the, the very end of the play is, is i mean there's so many parts of the play it's hard to pick a favorite but the very end of the play there are two guys that have, have a beat on him with an angle on him inside the pen he gives one guy a stiff arm throws him passes david as you mentioned was wasn't very big being generous, saying he was 5'8", probably then was probably less than 160 pounds. Stiff arms a defender, throws him out of the way, and with the other guy coming at him at the same time, puts on the brakes, completely comes to the stop. The guy flies out of bounds, and David walks into the end. I mean, what he was able to do, um, we're used to it now because we've seen some dynamic athletes playing quarterback. Um, but back then, every person I talked to highlighted that play. And a lot of people, including veteran high school reporters and television anchors, said it's the greatest play they've ever seen. Yeah, if he would have come back in 94 for his senior year, he left after his junior year after being there for three years uh, in 93 and uh, was what, second in the Heisman, I think, that year. Uh, put up some really good numbers. But he was everything. I mean, like, we, we, he, we put him at running back. We put him in slot. We put him at wide out. We put him uh, at quarterback. Uh, he made two-point conversions. Uh, he had to come in for me and play against uh, LSU when, in 93 when I got hurt. Uh, Freddie Kitchen was out there, David, and then it became David's show. David did the same thing against Ole Miss um, when I got hurt and hurt my shoulder in 90, uh, 93 as well. So um, I had a very tough 93. <laughs> but uh, but David, D- David Aaron was so loved in, in the locker room because he worked his, you know what, off every single day in practice. He was a practice player. He ran sprints. He did all the things that you that you needed to do to be that type of leader. And the look in his eyes, I'll never forget against Tennessee. I threw him a ball. I, th- I forget it was what down it was, but I threw it right between a safety and a corner. Uh, he said, Incredible. Just, he goes, put it Incredible. right in that. He goes, I said, put it, he goes, put it right in that, that hole. And I just went back and threw it as hard as I could right between that seam. He gets parallel to the ground, catches the ball. Yep. Unbelievable catch. And uh, that marches us on down, and we go on down and, and able to tie that game up. We didn't win it. David actually went in for the two-point conversion after I'd gone over the top for the touchdown, but – uh, I can't say enough great things about him, and I'm so glad that you're highlighting him. And then that does not surprise me, Aaron, that he said that it's no big deal. 
Yeah, I, I said when did you, you know, my first question to him was when did you realize that, that you were better or, you know, that you were better than most kids at football? And he goes, I would, and he direct, you know, almost verbatim said, I don't think I was better than anybody. I mean, David's just a very humble guy. And I think that's why his teammates mm-hmm. love him or his former teammates love him. And I think that's why so many people lit up when I said, hey, I'm, I'm Aaron Suttles. I'm calling. I want to do a story on David Palmer. Everyone said, yes, absolutely. And not only did they agree to do it, they were excited to do it because they love David. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you know, David came from a tough area and had a tough, uh, tough upbringing. And but the, he just had this quality about him that drew, drew, drew people into him. They love him. His former teammates still love him. And um, I was happy to tell the story because I, I just feel like Alabama played a lot of good football and had a lot of great players um, before this magnificent run that they've been on. And some of those guys need to be highlighted. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned in your story uh, that Palmer uh, had uh, 1,278 total yards from scrimmage in 1993, finished third in the Heisman, and then went to the NFL as a second-round pick of the Vikings, uh, had a seven-year career in the league mostly as a return uh, specialist. How do you think he would be today in today's NFL where – So much better. Playing at Kansas City, playing at, at the Rams, uh, I, I believe that. Yeah, man, I know I'm going to get Aaron's thoughts too. I had to jump in really. Quick. I was like, because he'd be phenomenal. He'd have been a phenomenal quarterback at this point in time. Look where he, he's about the same size as Bryce, but he's thicker. He's more of a um, what's his name for Arizona? Um, oh, uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Type. Yeah, type. go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry, I've jumped in. I, I just I think they know how to use them now, and not. I mean, Alabama, as Jay mentioned. I mean. Go back and watch that 93 old Miss game. There's two drives when they come in after Jay gets hurt. Was they, they basically they have to do something. No offense to, to Brian Bergdorf, but the offense had bogged down. They're in a tight game. They turned it over to, to Dave and just said, go up there and make a play. I, mean, mm-hmm. I just think they know now more how to use athletes. And the way that they use the full, what, 52, 53-yard width of the field, the way they spread people out, the way – I mean, can you imagine David Palmer in the slot at an RPO game? I mean, he would, he he would destroy defense, and I think those things from the college game have have made their way to the NFL too. I just think he, you know, listen, he made all he was an honorary mention as a defensive back in high school. I mean, you just go look back all the mm-hmm. different positions he played on the field. He was just a phenomenal athlete. As Jay mentioned, great baseball player. Actually, played catcher some. Um, could play quarterback. I just think they know how to use those players more today than they did back then and he would he had a great nfl career actually led the nfl in punt return yardage one year in 95 but they would just find ways to use his talent more in today's offensive era of football than they did back then aaron great stuff my man great article and uh again the uh the 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 comparisons with julio bo jackson all the great players that come out of, of this state he is definitely one of those great players, in my mind, the best I've ever, again, seen played or even been around, and a great guy as well. Thank you for doing the article. Great stuff, my man. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Aaron Thanks, Suttle. Aaron. Again, The Athletic is uh, where you'll find that with Aaron Suttle. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. Tony Curry on his way. He'll be with us at 1 o'clock right here in studio live from ABX. You're listening a to national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today 83, tonight's low 70. Tomorrow and Sunday, mostly cloudy. A few showers and thunderstorms are likely both days. Highs between 83 and 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Time on the Jay Barker Radio Network, do you? Yeah, you do. You don't get no time on the Tony Curry Radio Network. <laughs> Seriously, we, I mean, we worked Christmas last year. You did not. I, we did. You worked on Christmas Day. We worked on Christmas Day. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I was with that. Josh Claypo. He's Jewish, so he. he, he. <laughs> but yeah, That's the only guy that worked with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> Jews Jew, go to work every day. I want him to. You're, go, you're going to work, my little Jewish friend. Bring your menorah over here. Let's get after it. Your menorah. Um, so yeah, we, we 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 have to take advantage of every moment we have. So we work weekends, we work holidays, Labor Day, Memorial Day. We we work every holiday. We were just go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm no, cut no, you off. No, no, we were no, just talking no. to Aristotle about David Palmer. I'd love to get your because you you probably saw him a little. Did you see him come out of high school? You were here by then mm-hmm. at that time coming out of Jackson Olin because you got here in '88. Yeah, yeah. So he came out '90 '90 was 90. His, was his re- recruiting year. Um, so I, I guess just. Ninety-one was his first year at Alabama. Your thoughts on him as, as a player, and, and I know you've been around him a couple of times or a number of times. Yes, I have. Yeah. He's, a, he's an absolute amazing uh, individual and, and a human being. I, I remember just right off the top of my head, uh, obviously uh, the, the the tiff he had with uh, Coach Gene Stallings in his in his first year, um, and uh, but that was one of the situations where there's some tough love that had to be had, and and he was just an amazing football player. I mean, he was just so versatile. He was one of those guys where, you know, and the, the game has changed, Jay, just so much. And, and, gosh, I can't believe it's been 22 years since 1990. But, I mean, the game has changed so much. Uh, when you love you that. You meant 32 years. Thir- I'm sorry, 32 <laughs> years. Or oh, my. Or 32 years. Yeah. I was going, wait a minute. It's changed 22 years, too. Yeah, sorry, 32 yeah. years. Um, but, I mean, he, he's just he was just so versatile. I remember he's one of those guys where you could yeah. just put him anywhere on the football field. Then, can you imagine what, because the game has changed so much since 1990. Even since 2000, it's changed a lot. Uh, it'd just be amazing to have. If you had like five or six David Palmers on your football team, oh man, it'd be fun to watch. He was amazing. So I, I asked Aaron and and Jay this: uh, How do you think uh, David Palmer would be in the NFL today? Um, I, I think they'd find a spot. How tall was he? How big was he? Five eight, five nine, somewhere. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah. he would. I mean, he just his speed, five five nine. Yeah, maybe like a Darren Sproles type of player. Yeah, uh, where where you could bring, bring him out of the backfield, maybe do some wildcat. I mean. The, I think he'd be amazing. When you have a, really when you have a weapon yeah. like him with the speed he had, and he was yeah. so he was the way they the spread the field, runner. put him in space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he would just wreak havoc. He, absolutely, uh, you know. And again, at that at that size, uh, I'm not sure uh, what his longevity would be, but I mean, yeah, he, and he was very elusive too. He was a guy that didn't get tackled a lot, so mm-hmm. I, I think it would fit real well. God, that one uh, punt return against Colorado. I don't oh, know if you remember oh, it. Where oh, yeah. he high stepped, um, he catches the ball, begins to high step for about two or three steps, and then he sees a hole and he hits it. And so he kind of created it for himself, goes left, and when he gets there, there's a, I, don't know, I can't remember if it was the the uh, snapper that was coming down, like kind of trailing behind, 
And uh, but he broke the guy's ankles. I mean, he just did a pop pop, you know, and he stuck his foot in the ground. The guy just like his ankles just like almost popped. He his knees buckled, goes to the ground, and Antonio leads him in to the end zone, blocking the last guy to kind of get in there. The punter, I think it was at that particular time. But God, and I, his, I think, his, his high here's yeah. the thing: his plays in practice are the ones that people missed. Yeah. He made plays in practice. That's he wasn't the, showing up with his high step either. <laughs> I mean, that that was just part of his race. Part of I mean, his he, thing, he knew yeah. what he had to do, and it throws you off. It, it throws does. your rhythm off when yep. it comes to tackling him. I bet he was just amazing. He really was. He was a lot of fun. And, and he was <laughs> he was a lot of fun off the football field, too. I don't know one player that didn't like him. Yeah. I don't know one person I've ever met that didn't like him off the field and on the field. Fans didn't get a chance to get to know him as personally because he was so – I don't want to say closed off. He was an introvert, mm-hmm. and he, he was kind of quiet until you got him out and about with you got with his friends him. and all that type of stuff. It was he was so much fun. He was fun to be around and uh, great guy. And again, we're not saying David's still alive. We're not. We, it was an article by Aaron Settles. Yeah. If you're not, not joining not us, eulogizing, not eulogizing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just talking about what a great career he was, great person, great teammate as well, great friend. All right, uh, we'll continue on the other side. Tony Curry Radio Network in the house. Lars Anderson, I'm Jay Parker, and uh, we'll be back. Hour number two. We'll get into some more Alabama football. News and notes, some NFL as well. Stay with us. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces of all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome back to Hour 2 of the Jay Barker Radio Show with Lars Anderson. Lars Anderson driving, baby. I love this, man. I mean, for the longest time, you're sitting like a shotgun. All of a sudden, you're in the front seat, brother. Go. I love this. This is great. No, it's too weird for me. (laughs) You're the radio guy. I'm not. (laughs) I'm going to sit back and watch you. Tony Curry in the house with us. Tony, what is going on with Tony Curry Radio? Man, we are are so busy. Uh, We... uh, Obviously, started this radio station about three years ago. We have a multitude of different shows, 13 shows. We have uh, the Tony Curry Radio Podcast Series now. It's over 400 shows uh, strong. So uh, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on major indices, all of them. Uh, but we have shows like uh, Dark Side of the Pooch. We have Adapter Parish. We have uh, When in Rome with Stuart Rome. We have uh, uh, Blues Almighty. We have the Damon Johnson Show. We have Need to Know with Kip Kiefer. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. We have the Tony Curry Live, the Curry and Claypool Show, which we did yesterday. We were on Fox 6 yesterday for our weekly hit there at 9.35. And it's been great. And uh, just go uh, wherever you get your podcast and uh, search Tony Curry Radio, and you can listen to all of our previous shows. And, of course, on the TKR app, you can listen to uh, Classic Rock. And all those shows run live from 10 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. And uh, we got some brand-new features coming up. Uh, one's called uh, Wide Awake Wake. I read a story several years ago about uh, a guy who uh, was actually in the coffin, uh, but he wasn't really dead. Uh, unbeknownst to the crowd that had him in there, uh, he was in a coma and didn't realize it. I forget what the country was. And so he woke up in the middle of his own funeral. It was like, wow, this is pretty cool. There was a band playing. There was people music and there were people drinking and having a good time. And he's like, you know, why do we wait till people die before we have funerals for them? So we're doing a brand new show called Wide Awake Wake, where we're going to celebrate the legacy and the lineage, if you will, of rockers before they die. Because, you know, when Freddie Mercury passed away, the top five albums in this country were all Queen records. Mm. People went crazy to buy all, the, all of his music again. When Michael Jackson died, the top ten albums were all Michael Jackson albums. So why do we wait for people to die before we actually realize just how important they were to our musical uh, references? And so uh, our first guest will be Paul McCartney, which we'll be doing next week. So we're going to kill off Paul. Um, and hopefully this won't be one of those things where, where, where you know, after he dies uh, or after he dies on our show, then all of a sudden the real deal happens. We don't want to be, uh, you know, traumatic in any way. So we're going to celebrate his life. We'll do an hour show. Looking forward to that. We also have a brand new show called LPOD. And Kip Kiefer from the Birmingham Race Course Casino will also be starting his brand new Wanna Bet show. Uh, and he's going to mention the Jay Barker Radio Network. It's okay. on WTTO and also the Tony Curry Radio station uh and uh he's going to be doing that show starting next week he'll be giving out picks and uh that'll be a visual podcast so lots of stuff going on man i I feel like you are carving out a a niche for yourself in not just the birmingham market but alabama you are the go-to guy when a notable person or a celebrity dies Mm -hmm. 
I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm the because guy. you went uh, you you went on Fox when Olivia Newton John died. Yeah, right? whenever uh, someone uh, dies, uh, and you, they was just getting old. They yeah. wanted you to come on when when <laughs> Anne Hayes yeah. tragically yeah. passed yeah, they did. away. They called me up, and, and I couldn't I couldn't be there when Anne Hayes uh, passed away. Uh, but yeah, whenever a celebrity or a rocker dies, I'm the, I'm the man, and so I'm going to be on Fox Six. Even Mike Doubly said, you know, you're probably going to be up here about two three times a week, starting in a couple of years. I was like, I know because there's so many. The Claptons. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. crazy how many incredibly influential rock and rollers mm-hmm. are going to unfortunately pass away between now and say the next five or six years. I mean, it's 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 insane uh, because they're all in their upper seventies. Mick Jagger, Keith Richards. I'm not trying to kill them off. I hope they're around forever. Right. Get me wrong. Right. Um, and what's but, amazing? The ones who have lived the longest live the wildest, craziest lives. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, saw, I saw a picture yeah. on social media the other day of a young like Keith Richard, yeah. Mick Jagger, Madonna, like all these all these rockers, and all of them are still alive. The, and, and the thing is, they're all clean now. Keith yeah. just stopped smoking cigarettes a year ago. He, he pre-genetic disposition. I mean, we know what he's done to his body. You know, but here's the deal. If you buy a, a, a hot rod mm-hmm. and you keep it in the garage and you don't ever take it on the back road and open up the engine, it, it's it's not going to run for you, man. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to run it as hard <laughs> as you possibly can. And I think that's what we do with our bodies. That's why I, I think I'm going to make it to about 108. Sometimes I think you just got to push the limits, stretch it out and find out what you're made of. Yeah. Make your heart almost explode. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Elvis? Uh, I have not. I want to go see yeah, it. It's really um, good. Is it good? It is good. You know, you can get it on on uh, Apple TV now. I hear that uh, Colonel Tom is a just a. Dude, I, I, I didn't realize. Yeah. How our, now, love what, hate relationship with him, man. Yeah, but I didn't realize how crazy he was. He, he, he came out of the circus community. He was a nutcase. Yeah. He was a circus. You know, he basically was a, was a carny. Yeah, uh, and and it, of course he was never a colonel. Uh, right, but but he, you know, he, he wasn't his. I mean, he was from Poland. Mm-hmm. Or, he, or, set, or, he set it up so that he gets basically 50% of everything that Elvis Presley did. And you can make an argument that Elvis Presley would not have been as big without the colonel. Right. But, you know, towards the end, obviously. And it was an amazing story because Elvis just died um, on this date in 1970. Was it 77 or 79? Just a couple days ago. Right, yeah. And his girlfriend, he was he was with mm-hmm. a girlfriend at the time. She she had gone to him and she she was interviewed uh, through the New York Post just a couple of days ago and they were like tell us about what exactly happened and Elvis had got up that morning and, and the strangest thing he loved to read in the bathroom like who doesn't right? <laughs> and I can only imagine what his bathroom looked like it was probably the size of the studio which I wonder is if he right would have tweeted from the toilet like our former president <laughs> well you know and he and he says he says uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the bathroom and read yeah. and the last thing she said to him was okay remember don't fall asleep in there and he said okay I won't. And then, of course, she goes in there a couple hours later. I threw out the question, if Elvis Presley was still alive, what would change? What would we do? What do you think? I mean, what would we do? What, what, I mean, what would be? I have a picture of Jerry Garcia visiting Graceland right after he died, hanging in my studio, and I look at it every morning. But if Elvis Presley was still alive, I think he'd be like 88 or 87, something like that. What, what would we possibly do? What would, you know, would anything be different? It might, because he, he may have been different as time went on. Yeah. I mean, you, there, there, there have been stories or things written about him. You know, did, did he come off the drugs? Did he come off? Um, which that the colonel had a huge part in that. I mean, he pretty much had the doctor like Michael Jackson did, that was putting him to sleep, waking him up, giving him all the different things in order to keep him moving through the day to make it through all those different shows and stuff. So yeah, we would have we would have seen him in his fifties, would have seen him in his sixties and seventies. So he'd have done concerts. He would we would have seen 
maybe him against the grandfather as yeah. as you know yeah, as also, Lisa Marie. So there, I think there there would have been some different sides that we didn't get a chance to see yeah, because right. of that. Yeah. Right. Musically, okay. So two questions here. Mm-hmm. Musically, where do you think Elvis could have gone? For if he had lived another fifteen years, same question about Kurt Cobain, who I, I just I admire so much. Uh, he unfortunately he passed away on my birthday, and I, I'll I'll never forget it because I just absolutely love Nirvana and the fact that they had just uh, recently come out with the acoustic version of uh, that uh, Unplugged. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Kurt Cobain was just sort of tapping into something. Uh, uh, going to a musical place that he hadn't been before. You know, I, I'm glad you bring that question up because what do those two obviously have in common? Kurt Cobain and Elvis Presley, they, they, they died way too young. And I always wonder, whenever you look at, uh, you know, um, James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, they're all iconic Lady die. They're all iconic because they died at such a young age. Because we never knew what happened. Jimmy yeah. Hendrix, what, Jim Morrison. We didn't know what we were. We don't know what would have forever, happened. Forever, forever frozen. At well, exactly. Right? And so yeah. it's up to us to figure out what that is. And when you're not around, we can make your story as big as we want it. And with Elvis Presley, I'm not saying Elvis Presley wasn't one of the most important parts of music history, but if he was still alive, I, I can tell you right now, certainly his estate wouldn't be worth what it is now. It, it wouldn't be. And, 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 I, and I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not taking anything away from Elvis Presley when he did. When he died, his last hit record was Burn in Love, and people laughed at it. I mean, it went to number two. Before that, it had been eight years since he had a number one hit in Suspicious Minds, and that was back in the 60s. So I don't know what, I don't know if he would have continued to play. And of course, we're talking about the fat Elvis, too. He let himself go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt. Over 500 million albums sold. That's crazy. Yeah. And, 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 and about 450 million of those mm-hmm. were after he died. Yeah. So. But but and again, some of that was through. But no, I agree. I, I think yeah. you do become bigger than life, and sometimes the stories grow. Uh, and and just the the aura of that. And you're right, Graceland. I mean, people went to Graceland. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes an attraction. Now you're selling, coming in, getting a tour of what this. You know, getting getting an end. You would never would have got to go to his house yeah. if he's still alive, right? You mm-hmm. never would have been able to go through that and see what did Great the point. you know jungle room look like. What are, you know the TVs they had at the time, which were crazy you know that he, he like he wanted because he saw the president had three tvs so he wanted three tvs uh in in the jungle room um we, we, my dad we, was yeah. a huge elvis fan i've well, never so, been to graceland you never been to graceland no oh, man you gotta go my dad was a huge yeah. i mean he, he had all the like all the records he had um he would videotape or vhs the specials they would do from hawaii mm-hmm. that they would play later on um and, and stuff but Gosh, yeah. I mean, and then we'd come almost Sundays. He, he'd love to watch the old Elvis movie, which, I mean, Elvis was not a great actor. No. Most everything was singing. And, and he wanted to do something that was very impactful in that in that industry. He wanted to really be a great actor, but he never got the roles because people felt like he was kind of typecast into this. you got to be able to sing and perform mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. And even the Christmas special he did, um, he did in the black leather suit, his kind of comeback yeah. from um, when he came out of the Army and stuff. That was supposed to be his um, kind of reintroducing himself as something different. Mm-hmm. And this was a struggle that him and the colonel had is that he wanted to be kind of still be the bad boy. The colonel's trying to make him look like the good guy, the good American boy, because you can't shake your hips. You can't do all this stuff on national yep. TV at Sullivan. They pulled the camera up so you couldn't see below the waist. Um, just the effect he had on girls. I mean, at concerts. I mean, a lot That's of the, out, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the a lot of the city leaders were like, you know, they wanted to put him in jail and said that he was being. Uh, too um, 
what do you call it? Call it? I guess. Um, they need to be censored. As yeah, censored, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, yeah. but here's the thing. I mean, that Christmas special, the colonel wanted him to wear a Christmas sweater mm-hmm. with, like, khakis or whatever. And so he comes in, and he's like, whoa, what do you got on? And, he's, and he had a full leather black. Mm-hmm. And, then he, right. and he, instead of playing Christmas songs, he played hits. Yeah. And then said, look, we'll get to Christmas at some point in time. Finally kind of did a Christmas part, but uh, it was, you know, but really, the, the movie really shows a side. I never knew the colonel was that controlling over him mm-hmm. and never knew the colonel was that crazy. Yeah. I thought the colonel was like, man, this guy's got to be a great uh, promoter. He's got to be kind of like one of the great agents that he are out there. He fell into it, man. Dude, he, he was. He, he got him early. He, he did. Got, he got him yeah. early when he really didn't believe in himself, and he's yep. still doing gospel music and, and singing in churches. It's a crazy thing. 53 years ago yesterday was the last day of Woodstock hmm. back in 1969. And, and I, I have, I've delved into it. I've seen the movie. I've seen and there's always something in there that I didn't realize. But did you realize the last act to play at Woodstock was Jimi Hendrix? And do you know what time he started? 2 a.m. He started at 9 o'clock in the morning on <laughs> Sunday morning. He was the last act. Crosby, how, long, how long did he go? Crosby, 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, their set started at 4.15 a.m., Janis Joplin played at 6 a.m., and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we've done city stages. Yeah, Why in yeah. the world would you play from Friday night till Saturday night? And then, and I don't know if they just wanted to get out. Of course, there was right. thunderstorms and everything yeah. else. But to think that you're waking up to Jimi Hendrix at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, <laughs> and by that time, more than 80% of the crowd was gone. Could you imagine having a ticket stub? And and here's the other thing I thought was interesting, according to, to Wikipedia, because it's got to be true. Right. Do you know how many people uh, had babies <laughs> at Woodstock? Had babies? Mm. Ten. Want to take a stab? Uh, 50. Only two people said okay. they gave birth uh, at Woodstock. How many conceived? Uh, they're saying close to 50. I'm trying to find the two people. I've been making phone calls because they've got to still be alive, right? They'd only be in their 50s. I want to know what their names are, first of all. Uh, they wouldn't be in their 50s. It was 53 years ago. They yeah. had the kids. Yeah. At, oh, the yeah. kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, their parents are probably yeah. gone. But I, you know, to be known I, that you were, frankly, you were I just want to know what their brains are like. Are they scrambled up or whatever? But yeah, fifty thousand people well, expect. You know, I was, I was thinking about Live Aid. Uh, in, in, in watching Bohemian Rhapsody in mm-hmm. Queen the other day. I, I can't stop watching the last 19 minutes, and I think it's we crazy. talked about it last right. week, how mm-hmm. good it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that they came on uh, late afternoon at uh, in, in London, so it must have been like 10 a.m. here mm-hmm. in the United States, and I remember watching it live. Yeah. I, I remember just mm-hmm. getting up really early that morning and watching Live Aid all day. That took Queen from here. To hear, yeah, yeah, that that, that one, uh, yeah, and I mean, Freddie Mercury owned it. Oh, he got up so there, just good. got after, it, but uh, it yeah, so yeah, and good. I don't know if you know, we got Lollapalooza that just ended, and we got all these different um, music festivals that, that, that go on. And back then, and, and mm-hmm. Jay, you know this because you're in the music industry as well. But back then, you, you didn't have a bunch of different artists from different labels playing on the same stage. You couldn't, right? You know, if you wanted to do a duet with someone, you had to find someone on your label to do mm-hmm. a duet with. Now. Because everyone's got their own labels, they're doing their own thing. They're selling yep. the music, their streaming services, and through their own websites, uh, anyone can play with whoever they want to. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just amazing. It, it, the collaborative uh, effort of what's going on right now with these uh, concerts is, is fantastic. All right, let's take a break real quick and uh, good stuff there. Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network ends at the house with us today on a fun Friday. We'll continue live from AVX. Uh, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, back with us on Monday, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, more to come. This is the Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham.
roll tide. The best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 70. Tomorrow and Sunday, mostly cloudy. A few showers and thunderstorms are likely both days. Highs between 83 and 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hi, welcome back in, and I got to get your thoughts. Tony Curry Radio Network uh, in the house with us, Lars Anderson. I'm Jay Barker, and we appreciate you listening each and every day throughout the network and on our streaming device as well. And uh, also, uh, we were talking to Sean Watson all week long, and what went down yesterday with the 11 game. Suspension, $5 million fine, and uh, how do you think the organization has handled this? I mean, I saw some of the presser and some of the things that they had to say about, hey, look, people make mistakes. Um, we got to be there for him, give him second chances. Uh, the teammates kind of coming out and making some statements. He kind of pretty much said, look, I'm innocent, you know, and uh, – What are you apologizing for? Right. I don't yeah. – listen, I don't have – let's be, let's be straight here. I, I, I have no doubt that something wrong happened. I'm not saying with all 25 of them. Uh, I've seen it too many times. I've seen it backstage. Uh, power is, is, is a dangerous thing. Uh, Jim Haslam, though, as an owner, just needs to shut up. I, listen, we all know that you believe he deserves a second chance because you just gave him 230 million of them. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought that from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. he starts trying to compare him to Joe Blow down the street at works at McDonald's. Well, he needs a second chance, too. But everyone just knows about this particular situation. Yeah, first of all, Deshaun Watson, stand pat and say you're innocent, then you shouldn't apologize. Mm-hmm. But he's apologizing to everybody for whatever it did. So obviously something's happened here. But then he says, then he kind of retracts the yeah. apology. We're an incredibly redemptive society, probably more so in this country than any other country in the world. Look what Mike Tyson, look at his life, and we love him. We love Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. He was just on Shark Week again. And I don't even like to go back and look at someone else's life. He's been arrested six different times rape, drugs, he bit ears off. I mean, the guy's obviously got some issues, but we love him. Michael Vick, he'll never play football again. Two years later, he's the, he's the first guy to ever get two $100 million contracts in the National Football League. We're redemptive. We're forgiving. We want you to pay consequences for what you did. We want mm-hmm. you to admit to what you did. And then if you want to work your way back up to where you were before, that's fine. The issue here is he don't need to work his way back up. No one's happy at least unless you're a Cleveland Browns fan, that when he gets back after 11 games, he's sitting on $230 million, which, is fully, which is fully guaranteed playing Houston in, in the 12th game of the year. <laughs> Do you I think mean, the NFL didn't? You did, think, Jay Bird? Exactly. I mean, did they not schedule that out? I mean, okay, wait, who does he got? Week 12. And what's really sad, and I, and I hate to <laughs> say this, but what's really sad is no matter what you do, and Jay, you've seen at the college level, high school level, pro level, all yeah. you got to do is win, baby. If he comes back and goes 5-1 and one in his last six games, all will be forgiven, we'll love him, but I'm telling you right now, you've used your last bullet. Yeah. You're on, you have a target on your back. There's going to be more women that come out. If there's 25, there's got to be 50. He didn't just have 25 massages. Yeah. Uh, Is it, did y'all see Hunter? There was a Hunter Renfro tweet that went out uh, that I saw that I don't – look, it looks real. I'm going to let you read it because I can't read yeah. it on air. Yeah. 
but uh, here it is. Well, I'll hand it, hand it to Tony. Tony, um, if you can clean it up somehow. Yeah. But that that was what was put out over social media. So maybe don't read it yet because we need to need to make sure that it's reliable. But it's got the mark by it, right? It's got the, yeah. it's got the blue mark. Hunter Renfro is like his official site. Yeah. But what well, he says. You want me to read it? No. <laughs> no, I mean, all this news about Deshaun is very troubling to me. As his teammate and friend in college, I can honestly say I never saw this coming. There was one time he asked me to give him a massage and then do something that he shouldn't have done, but other than that, typical guy stuff, no warning signs. There's the problem. In quotes, <laughs> typical guy stuff. When you're in a I, – dude, I watched the Jeffrey Epstein – oh, my gosh. Just Lane Maxwell thing. Yeah. On, it was on Headline News. Yeah. Uh, it was a brand-new documentary that came out on Tuesday. When you're beyond powerful, you start living this la-la fantasy world where you think your rules – Jeffrey Epstein thought in his brain – that if you're old enough to have a baby, you're old enough to be intimate with. Yeah, That includes 13 and 14-year-olds because he had heard that 13 and 14-year-olds had given birth. I'm like, dude, what? What? and the fact that he had a partner in crime and it's Elaine Maxwell, who hopefully will be in prison for a long period of time. But, yeah, when you're that powerful, um, these are the same guys that show they had, that. They, they had so much stuff on so many people. I know. So much. I mean, that, that's where the power came from that, too. And then Powerful guys send pictures of themselves to women. Yeah. And women are like, Durant did it. Yep. Green did it. I mean, and they're like, what are you doing? Women don't want to see that. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't want to see that. And so I don't have any doubt that when he is gluteus maximus or his inside thought, whatever area that needed to have some extra attention to, I don't have any doubt that some of this stuff happened. Now, we could certainly make the argument that you should have just got up and left. And some of them mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Uh, some of them continued because they were being paid for a service. And some of them, when something so shocking happens to you, you actually start telling yourself, maybe this is normal. And that's what a lot of the girls in the mm-hmm. Jeffrey Epstein situation, well, they were 14, 15. They didn't know better. Well, maybe this, this maybe this is how powerful people celebrate their vacations. Yeah. This is what they're expected. So well, they're, and, they're, they're and, he going, what, and he was going in and grooming um, a lot of young girls in the like, Miami area. Like like in the um, yeah. trailer parks, he was he, he was like a, in, in getting them out of tough situations. He was in Palm Beach. Pay. He was hanging out at yeah. middle schools. Jay, yeah, I know. Well, here's one thing about Deshaun Watson, and uh, I, I'm in no way. And real, real quick, I, 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 real, real, yeah. real quick before you go, and let me just finish up by saying this: If you have a likable personality mm-hmm. and you're a person we root for, like and I'll use Mike Tyson as an example, Bill Clinton, then then, then we're trying yeah. to find every reason to forgive you. Yeah. I don't see that with Deshaun Watson. No, he hasn't been a winner yet. Uh, we think he's got a lot of talent, but he hasn't played in two years. He's got a lot of work to do. I didn't think I'd ever like Michael Vick again, but I do. Uh, and maybe it's because I got a forgiving personality. But Deshaun Watson's got a lot of work to do, and just winning football games isn't enough. Paul Herbie, go ahead. So uh, the fact is, two grand juries in Texas determined that there was not probable cause to issue an indictment against him for any criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in if it, so he's not being charged with anything. And and then you, you have uh, the, the female federal judge who was only going to give him six games. Uh, I, I don't You're know. See- Something yeah. doesn't add well, up Well, the public here. the public's not seeing everything, right? So the, yes. maybe there's a lot of stuff behind closed doors. I, I just don't un- – yes. And, and, yeah. and all the women have the same – yeah. yeah. And all the yeah. women have the same lawyer, right? It was the same guy that covered yes. all of them. Yeah. Am I correct? So, yeah, so – and they did get a settlement. Yeah. 24 to 25 women. I don't know what the settlement was, but I'm betting it was millions of dollars. Millions. A, a, a piece. So – and $5 million fine to him is like, okay, what's five out of 230? 
Yeah, yeah, and, and and the Browns were very crafty in structuring the contract because it, it, instead of losing out, it, it, all right, it's a two hundred thirty million guaranteed contract. But it's the this first year's 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 contract. It's just one million. Mm-hmm. No, eight million. What? Eight million or a million dollar bonus. Pretty sure, pretty sure it's eight million. Uh, well, I, I'm not sure. Just the salary, the signing bonus. I'm sorry. The salary, signing bonus. The salary is one million, yeah. and next the year the salary jumps up yeah. to like twenty eight million. Yeah. So in game checks, he's losing nothing, not well, even a, a million well, dollars. Well, nothing, but yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. but he's he's losing very little <laughs> right. compared to if uh, if the contract was structured. Very true. Yeah, in a different fashion. So the Browns knew this. If you're going to say nothing happened, then you should fight it. But uh, you know he wants to play football, and again, 25 different situations come up. And well, the fact it, that the it, Cleveland but, Browns are not well, creating a million it, it, dollars, and, and that, that's not always true. I mean, sometimes no, it, you you just don't have a choice. Yeah, not, to, it, not to. It's uh, also very difficult yeah. when it's a he said, she said situation. And sure. I know we're dealing with 24 or 25. Or I mean, the New York Times has reported that there's actually been 66 women that he contacted. Not all 66 uh, are a part of uh, the civil uh, litigation, but... Well, if you're going to that situation, what about the Trevor Bauer situation? Guy hadn't played baseball in two years. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been charged with anything. Major League Baseball's like, you ain't playing. He was the Cy Young Award winner yeah. when this happened. The, the best pitcher in Major League Baseball has not played baseball because two of years. one woman who yeah. said that, and you read the transcript on that, it looked like she was asking for it. And I don't know. Well, we got to get to break. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back. More more on uh, not this, but uh, other other storylines we'll dive into coming up. Uh, and also some more uh, as far as Alabama's practice continues and uh, around the SEC, too. We'll get Tony's take on all that and much more. Stay with us on a fun Friday. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205 205- 
909-709-7373 and schedule an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at Williford Chiropractic and Wellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Anderson, Matt Culler no, no. back with us coming up on Monday. But uh, we've been talking about a number of uh, topics outside of sports. We're going to dive into a couple here that uh, and I want to get your take on this NIL stuff because now C.J. Stroud has come out and said he wants uh, a piece of the TV contracts. We'll get into that in just a second, but Lars got something right now. Yeah, so yesterday Scott Frost, uh, Nebraska's head coach, um, was on a radio show in Nebraska, and um, he said that uh, – uh, he estimated that there are 15 to 20 total vomits per practice from the <laughs> offensive line under the new position position coach. And Scott said it's not because they're not in shape. He's just working them hard. 
and uh, you know the the predictable jokes over Twitter have uh, started. You know, uh, Nebraska players obviously sick of Scott Frost. Uh, <laughs> you may outplay Nebraska. On a good day, you may out-hit Nebraska, but you'll never out-puke Nebraska <laughs> in practice. But then there's some fuddy-duddies out there. Uh, I, I shouldn't say this, but um, like people asking, why is Scott Frost bragging about this? What, what does the athletic trainer have to say about this? Uh, you're doing a bad job coaching if you're in shape, players are vomiting. So, Jay. Is this uh, is Scott out of line? Uh, it sounds like you know he's exaggerating. I think, uh, but is it out of line for uh, Nebraska offensive linemen to be puking fifteen to twenty times per practice? No, I mean I think this is probably way too much. Like he probably put a little bit more excessive than it, than it is. But no, the big guys. I mean, look, they're not going to miss out on eating, and they eat their breakfast. They're going to get back out on the field and. They're gonna. And he specifically uh, said offensive lineman, right? Offensive lineman. He did. Yeah. I, to, to me, it's, an, it's like when I saw it, it was a non-story. I'm like, why are you even bringing that up? Like, why would you talk about your offensive lineman vomiting ten or fifteen times? Unless you're trying to say that you know you're this now. I'm just I'm so hard on these guys. We're working. But then in the article, he says it's not that we're working to be harder. It's just they love this. Mm-hmm. They love the fact that they're competing. They're getting to be more physical than they've ever been before. Um, so now because of that, they're vomiting 15 to 20 times of practice. Okay, good. I, I think the fans would rather hear about your strategy and what you're doing and how the team's building and are you going to win games this year? I mean, that type of stuff. Do you know why he's saying it? Why do you think? Because he's 15 and 27 in Nebraska. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> so 15 and 20 is close. They're, just, yeah. they're trying to establish this culture of toughness. Yeah. I mean, they, well, they, they throw up every win. And, and, and let, let's be honest here. He doesn't win this year. He's done. Mm-hmm. Done. So and he will he, never he, coach again at the college level, which is really unfortunate because I thought it was a great connection. I yeah. thought it was a good fit. Uh, but at fifteen and twenty-seven at Nebraska, you're throwing everything you got. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to trying to get pub and make it look like hey. What it sounds like to me is if they don't win, it's on their players. I agree. Uh, you know, Scott, he, he's doing everything he can. I mean, he he is desperate. He is desperate. And they did just name uh, Casey Thompson the uh, starting quarterback who's going to just, man, just a week from Saturday, Nebraska is playing over in Dublin against uh, Northwestern. Casey Thompson was the starter at uh, Texas last year. Um, So maybe it gives us a look more into where he's at right now as far as his position on that team because – they may have said, what's going on on defense? He's like, I, I don't know. What's going on on offense? Uh, I don't know. Um, 15, our, our office linemen are vomiting 15, <laughs> 20 times every, you know, like that was all he could say and, and the only story that he could throw out there because from my understanding, and maybe I'm wrong, based on what you've told me, Lars, what some other sources have told me is that he is not having a say in anything. No. no. That the defense is being run by the coordinator. The office has been run by the office coordinator. He's, he's not the, calling he's, plays. He's the figurehead, and that's it. Yep. He's the wow. CEO of it all. And uh, probably doesn't uh, know as much even about it. It's almost like they're giving him this farewell farewell tour, in a sense, uh, <laughs> yeah. for Scott Frost. Uh, I don't we'll know. see. Hey, I wanted to ask you, too, uh, if, if, if we're done with that story. Yeah, we are. By the way, before before we go on further, you, you're in Nebraska all the time. What is their, What are their facilities like? Is, is the, what, what? They're very nice. And, uh, and they are in the process of uh, upgrading. So... Yeah, their their facilities will be. They got the resources to to have a winning football team. Absolutely. When Absolutely. Osborne and, and when I Osborne think, was there, it was I mean state of the art. I went out yeah. there and spoke 
at a number number of uh, FCA events. Yeah. And with, with Osborne the, is big in FCA. Yeah, yeah. with Coach Osborne and also um, who was the black guy? The, uh, uh, Tony Samuel. Tony, no, another one. Uh, um, uh, uh, Smith or um, oh my gosh, what's his name? He was great. But what did a tour of the facilities? And I'm like, holy cow! Now this is mid to late 90s right into the early 2000s mm-hmm. and they were so far ahead of everybody else there i mean they were known for their weight program they were known for bringing these guys in and, and developing these big office alignment defense alignment winning the trenches you know that type of thing the, the style of office that they had but um hey tony they've got warren buffett yeah, i, know I mean <laughs> you would think uh that they would have every nil deal with all of his companies going on right now um I wanted to ask you, and I saw the story uh, this morning that I thought was really interesting. Did you see the story about Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. about how he's ghosting his football team? Of course, I, he's still I with the San Francisco that, 49ers. Yeah. It's a guy. Well, they're one, talking about maybe a trade to Cleveland. Yeah, well, they're talking about a guy who went to a Super Bowl, obviously went to the NFC Championship game through the late pick uh, against the Rams, who eventually ended up winning uh, the, the Super Bowl. The subway commercials. But it's really weird because after he got his big contract – which is like the $130 million five-year deal uh, back in 2018, they said that no one can find him. Like his offensive linemen or some of his players would try to reach him like for an entire month, and he'd never return phone calls. I'm assuming it was during the offseason because obviously they were seeing him on Sunday. Sounds like Aaron Rodgers. But did you know anybody that was like that? That was just impossible. Normally, if you that, this Tom impossible. Brady right now, uh, Antonio Langham right now. I, mean, I don't know. What, and and, and this, this appeared to start happening right Antonio, after he got his contract. Antonio just disappears for like a month or two at a time. Yeah, I mean that so, happens. But I mean, when your football team, it was so bad that an unknown coach said that he used to have to drive to Jimmy's house and knock on his door to try to find him because he would not return messages or make phone calls. Maybe he's not a phone guy. Yeah. And it, and it, I do know a couple of people like that. That it, they they they're not texts. They don't, and they're young. They're like you either got to you either got to catch them or you got to call them. They're they're not going to respond to stuff. And that drives me nuts. But at the same time, I'm like, okay. Unless of course you got something for them, or they, they, they or if they need something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of people like that. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you guys watched the game last night between Seattle and Chicago. Seattle could really use Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith. Not the answer. Well, they're, they're saying that's Jacob why he's Beeson, so hard. To, not the answer. Drew Locke, not the answer for Seattle. They're saying that's why he's so hard to unload on because the league knows that he's Doing ghosting and that yeah. he won't return phone calls. And they don't want to have that distraction. And, and I and I still think I don't think he's a top five guy. Gosh, yeah. But I mean, he's obviously right. been there, done that. Thirty-seven point five million Garoppolo. And they couldn't that's find the contract. Yeah, it expires mm. at the end of this season. I, I I think he's at twenty seven mil. It this looks year. like an easy pit. I mean, why why wouldn't you bring him in at Cleveland? You know, for the first eleven games. I don't know what kind of deal you get on him, but I mean, but the fact that I would think that you know, as the quarterback of the team, you're a leader, right? You mm-hmm. should be able to be reached not at three o'clock in the morning, right? But, but just you, normal business hours. You should return yeah. phone calls, yeah. right? Return emails. Yeah. But some people, especially just, your teammates. Yeah, I mean, that's, right? that's your guys, and you're the quarterback. You're you're the coach on the field. You're the leader. You're it's your team. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe that's one of his issues. Who knows? Or maybe he's just upset. Maybe he wanted to get traded and maybe he's trying to maybe he's trying to make a statement and normally when know. people can't be reached there's something going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Did you have some more on that story? Yeah, I was just I, I was just going to say like it, it it's actually gone he's gone weeks without returning calls or texts mm-hmm. and um 
I, I and, and the story has been confirmed, and uh, just nobody can get in contact with him. Like, yeah, they've had, he had to go check your story. They've he had to go. <laughs> well, he's a writer. No, I expect right. him to do that. You're right. I mean, I, I, when I read it, I could not believe it. I mean, three or four days, fine. Mm-hmm. Weeks, and you can't reach your quarterback. I think his his feelings are hurt that they chose Trey Lance over him. Who cares? Uh, really, you your make, feelings. I mean, uh, go. You just well, got paid one hundred thirty-seven million dollars. Take the high road. Take the feelings. high road. Go make forty million dollars with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, but, he, but he's he's ruining his reputation. Or just go as a beat leader. Trey Lance out. Go go play. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Stay with us. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The high today 83, tonight's low 70. Tomorrow and Sunday, mostly cloudy. A few showers and thunderstorms are likely both days. Highs between 83 and 86. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. And uh, Tony Curry, Tony Curry Radio Network in the house. Lars Anderson, I'm Jay Barker, and Matt Coulter will be back with us on Monday. And, again, our thanks to all the guys there at Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station, producing the show there for us, and also our producer, Josh Smith, who does an excellent job each and every day when it comes to producing the show, uh, setting it up, as well as streaming as well. So thanks to Josh Smith for that. All right, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Todd Bowles, noncommittal on Tom Brady's return, and uh, that's been a huge story throughout the, the NFL uh, we're going to dive into that here in just one second. But real quick, uh, through some Alabama news and notes, Keon uh, Keeley, uh, the top recruit in the country or the top guy that Alabama was really after for the 2023 class, Tony, decommitted from uh, Notre Dame, what, yesterday or the day before, and uh, decided that he was going to go back uh, out there and look around. He had a visit to Alabama. He scheduled an official visit as well coming up uh, it, during the uh, season. But um, uh, on three has Alabama at 94% chance landing him andrew bone mentioned him on tuesday said watch out for keon keely uh he's committed to notre dame we think the alabama still got a shot uh he decommitted about two days later and uh that now that the one of the top players in the country i think he's ranked 23 overall but he was alabama's kind of number one he's a will anderson dallas turner type of player no i'd be a great great get for them and and again i think we're still seeing some of those ramifications of of coach kelly leaving that program i mean you can say whatever you want he was a great recruiter he was there for you know, a decade plus, and and uh, I think that uh, plays into it. Whenever you're going, they've been sitting at number one. They have been. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they in a lot of polls or a lot of uh, different those rankings. Good Catholic kids. They don't know how to say no. <laughs> they've got like fifteen. I think it is the top three hundred ESPN recruits. No. Do you think Brian Kelly will win a national championship at LSU? No, I do. Do you? yeah. Uh, I, I, he I, can I, recruit. Yeah. He can I mean, recruit. If, if, they, if they allow him the time to do it. Uh, you know, you used to have three years. You don't get three years anymore because that's that's how long it took to get your own class in. I I I, I just 
And I like Brian Kelly. We met Brian yeah, Kelly when he was in Cincinnati, yeah. and we were down. We hung out with the guy, and he, and he seems to be a really nice guy. I think he's a little misunderstood. Um, he was pretty cranky there for a while when he's winning football games. And of course, you got to remember too, about five six years into his contract in Notre Dame, they were wanting to cut bait with him too. Um, he did a major had, shift in his uh, staff and approach and all that. And he's now all about the process and all the things. I mean, he's kind of taking the Nick Saban approach to uh, to getting his teams ready. Yeah, yeah. So I, I obviously at LSU recruiting. Grounds are very fertile there, so I, I I think he'll compete for a national title. But to win one, I think is going to be kind of difficult. Lars, tell us about I, I, Tom Brady. I, I, yeah, the, the biggest unknown story of the preseason is what is going on with Tom Brady. So he left training camp, and originally Todd Bowles, the head coach at Tampa, said, "Yeah, it's just going to be ten days." And uh, this was planned, and and it doesn't have to do with his health or his family. But uh, we're just going to give him some time away. And so then there's been no information since then. And what is when there's a lack of information, what does that do? It, it speculation. Invite, invites yeah. speculation. And, uh, and, and then, uh, again, last week, Bowles insisted that this was all planned. But then yesterday, Bowles uh, came out and said, well, there's no specific date for Tom's return. And, we'll uh, talk about it next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, he was uh, so. Yeah, uh, it's really bizarre. It's really bizarre, and I have to think. I have to believe that uh, it is family related, and I think it's related to uh, making sure everything is good. First day with, of school with his family, <laughs> and 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 taking the kids to school, and 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 all that. But you know what? A, a, a couple things have happened since uh, training camp started. And, and number one, and Jay, you could talk about this. They, they lost Ryan Jensen, uh, mm-hmm. their, their starting center, who Tom was very, very close with. And Jensen's one of the best centers in the league. I mean, do you think there's a possibility that Tom Brady is actually not going to come back at all? No. I don't think so. I mean, I hope not. I mean, I, I think that would be a really weird way to walk away from the game, but um, but you never know. I mean, if there's if there's something else that's going on in his mind, and he just feels like, okay, I'm not ready. I thought I was ready, and I'm not going to be ready for the, this year. Um, but according to Bowles, this was set up way back. Like they had already talked about this period of time. Tom wanted off, and we talked about it the other day. It could have been just a, I want to do my kids' first day of school. Yeah, I haven't done it, and I want to get back to Miami. Um, do you remember when he was 41, he said, I want to play on 45? Yeah. We thought, okay. Well, he it just turned 45. 45. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, is, is you would think a quarterback, at, certainly at his level, who's won seven Super Bowls, he would want to get reps or something, at least with this center who's taking over that he's not used to using, yep. uh, certainly in the season. But, again, it's Tom Brady. So, I mean, what are it's we doing strange. here? Yeah. yeah. He's earned the right to do whatever he wants to do, I think. Uh, yeah. Yes. But you got to be careful still because you got young players there. you got guys that haven't been around you, guys that, yes, have watched you. But they want to see that leadership, and you got to get back and lead the team. So, Ernie's Le- opening a bar with Bruce Arians. Down in Tampa. He's splitting and opening a bar. Bruce, 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 Bruce would drink the profits. <laughs> <laughs> no NBA. Uh, Tom probably making a reality show in about a week, make billions of dollars off mm-hmm. of it. All right. Uh, thanks to all the guys there at Time 100.9 FM. Tony, thanks for you as well coming thanks, in on thanks for having Friday me. with us. Fun Love Friday with Tony Curry Radio Love Network. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter with us back uh, next week. Hope you had a great time at the beach. Thank you to Josh Smith as well, our producer, and all of you for listening in each and every day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.
You're listening to The Jay Barker 